Hey, what's going on? Future is now podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Nakamura. So glad that you guys are joining in today. We got Friday Roundup, a fan favorite here. We're just going to be going through some live events. It's been an eventful week, and so we're going to talk about some things that are going on in our world. Um, it's kind of some juicy topics. I mean, we got a lot of things kind of culturally that's hitting the fan right now. So um, we're going to discuss that as always. If you are a listener and you haven't subscribed to the podcast, make sure that you are subscribing. That's the best way that we can get uh, this podcast out to the world to hear. Um, it's pretty incredible. We just hit 50,000 followers on Instagram, which is amazing. We're at 113 subs- um, uh, reviews on the channel, which is great. And um, I'm just thankful that you guys are t- tuning in and joining. So make sure that you guys are sharing this. You're messaging me after the podcast, letting me know what you think. But without further ado, let's get into this episode of The Future Is Now. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Future Is Now podcast, where you can discover your calling, live with passion and purpose, and learn how to be the leader of the future. We all have a voice that people need to hear, and it's time to get the confidence to use our gifts to better the world. If you're here to grow in the things of God and develop a healthy mindset, you are in the right place. I'm so glad that you're here. So let's get excited about today's episode. All right. Well, if you follow me on Instagram, you probably know a couple of these things. You know, I like to tweet out tweet out. (laughs) Well, that's going to be one of the things we're talking about. Um, I like to post on my Instagram different things that are happening. Just a little, you know, 411, just a little glance by uh, topic commentary. And so if you follow me, you probably see that. I just like to go a little bit more in depth on these podcasts. And so the first thing that we're going to be talking about is an article that was released by NBC News talking about COVID, COVID 2.0. Oh no, is COVID coming back? Um, you know, this comes in the wake that the flu rates are as high as they have ever been in a decade so far. And medical experts are, you know, worried and hospitals are overstaffed or understaffed and uh, they're full. And, you know, this NBC News article says this quote, hospitals nationwide are preparing for another winter with COVID. The first one that's also expected to include high levels of influenza and other respiratory illnesses, now listen to this, (laughs) that have simmered quietly in the background for the past two years, okay? These these articles just, these stories just write themselves, guys, right? The, 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 the journalist that's writing this article is like, it's crazy. There's a, there's higher levels of the flu this year. Where has it been the last two years? Yeah, no, no, good question. Let's, let's uh, put Sherlock on the case. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like, I think I know where it went. I think it went into the, the COVID bucket. And so it's just funny, you know, now they're like, okay, well, we have COVID now again, and now we have a higher level of influenza. COVID's going down, but the flu's going up. Imagine that. Um, and the article goes on to say there's no there's a bunch of staff shortages. Okay. There's we don't have enough nurses and doctors. And it's like because you fired them all. <laughs> because they, they they didn't get the vaccine and because they literally got fired. I mean, that's why we're understaffed everywhere. That's why pretty much everywhere in the country is understaffed. Um, you know, and this article is just it's just funny because if you stick around long enough, you'll just see cycles and you'll see circles that people run in. And um, the biggest thing that we can take away from this is that like nobody's taking responsibility here. Nobody's taking responsibility about COVID. You know, enough time has passed to understand that lockdowns destroyed our economy. They destroyed the workforce. They destroyed our mental health as a society, and it destroyed our physical immunity and resilience. And nobody's ever obviously going to stand on that. And I just think it's really sad, but we can understand seeing it now 
just the ramifications of what COVID did to our world. And it's just funny when these these articles come out, you know, the Lancet Medical Journal said that there's a, now there's an immunity gap. The flu and RSV, RSV is going rampant because everybody stayed in their house away from everybody for two years. And because of that, our immune uh, systems kind of just broke down and now we're getting sick like crazy versus a place like Sweden that literally was never locked down during COVID and they were open and they had that um, um, immunization that uh the public when they're around each other you know it strengthens the immune system and we saw that with sweden and that was a case study but everywhere else in the world everybody hid for two years and because of that we are now seeing the ramifications with it which is really sad um and it, it does suck that you know people are getting sick at a higher rate it does suck that hospitals aren't staffed well enough but we have to understand that this like we have to make wise decisions learn from the past so you don't repeat it in the future that's like a lifelong um, goal of mine and teaching that we should all learn from. You know, my senior pastor says you can learn from experience or you can learn from wisdom. Um, and learning from wisdom is a lot cheaper and it, it costs a lot less than learning from experience. So what can we do moving forward? We can understand that sometimes when a group panics at something, when a nation, when a world panics at something, maybe we take a step back and we say, okay, what's actually going on here? And what's crazy is this is like, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. Like, you know, anytime that you doubt anything that the news ever says, you're a conspiracy theorist. It's like, no, I'm just using my brain. I'm just using wisdom. I'm just taking a step back. So um, it's crazy what COVID did to our world that people are going to wear a mask in their cars until they're like 80 years old. It's wild to me. And so um, we can learn from that going forward just on how to be smart, how to be wise, and how to really not lose our head and lose our temper when things like this happen. Um, going on, this is an interesting one. There's a, a study done by Lifeway Research that churchgoers increasingly prefer a congregation that shares their politics. Now, I mean, this uh, this makes sense to me. Obviously, I think that politics are a lot different now than they were 20 years ago. And yeah, 20 years ago, I was eight years old, so I didn't really have a grasp on what politics were back then. But the the general consensus I get and the general feel I get is like 20 years ago, you'd have a married couple that, you know, dad votes Democrat and mom votes Republican. And it's it's funny because they disagree, but that's the end of it, right? And they're happily married. Whereas now, like, I mean, think about a, a Democrat and a Republican being married to each other, right? The marriage would last, you know, like a Kardashian marriage. It would last like a week because they'd rip each other's heads off. And so we have to understand that the, the political landscape of our nation is a lot different. And because of that, obviously, people want to go to church with people that share the same political view as them. Which, you know, in my opinion, I, I mean, I'm not shy about it. Obviously, I'm more, I'm conservative. I'm not a liberal. I'm not a Democrat. I'm more of a Republican because they share my values. And one thing I'll say about this is maybe before, like 15 years ago, we might have seen um, the, the, the values and the policies that Republicans and Democrats argued about were more economic. They, they were more about maybe foreign affairs. They were more about financial taxes, which that's still the case. 
But I think the wide gap is a moral gap between the two parties now, where you have crazy topics, uh, crazy hot topics like abortion, like LGBTQIA+, transgender. Uh, you have all these different issues that are going on in our country that seem like moral issues. And I think that's what's widening the gap here between Republicans and Democrats and liberals and conservatives is it's less economic. I think people you know, aren't going to lose their head over something that's uh, financial and fiscal. But when it's moral, right, and when it's schools and when it's everything, that's that's when it kind of integrates it itself into uh, the church. That's when it integrates itself into the family unit, and that's what really makes it more divisive. Half of U.S. Protestants want to attend a church that share their political views. And, you know, this is my take, and you can agree or disagree. I just think that the church should be in politics. I think that it's a smart decision for the church to stand up because, like I said, we're getting less and less away from um, views that we can avoid or push under the carpet, and it's more moral now. It's more in your face. It's more affecting my kids. And I did a post on this on Instagram like a couple days ago, and people were like, well, why are you so political? Well, I'm political because it affects my wife and my family and my house and my job and my business and my church and my friends and my schools and the way that I live my life and the way that I conduct myself and the way that I'm free in this country. And it, it affects every single thing about my life. Why would I not be political? Silence just leaves room for the loudest voices to take charge. So I'm not going to be silent. And let some wackadoodle decide that decide what's going to be right for my family. Uh, that's going to be right for my city and my country. I'm, that's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to stand on the truth that the Word of God shows me, and I'm going to stand for that truth. I'm going to be loving. I'm not going to be a jerk about it. But if you ask me what I believe, I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to vote accordingly. I think that that is the role of every Christian in this country, uh, America. I know I, there's a lot of foreign listeners, so I apologize if you know you can't really. Uh, associate yourself with this particular take, but I just think in, in a country that allows us to vote, why are we not voting based off of our beliefs when everybody else is voting based off of theirs? So, I mean, I don't know if this article is meant to be like, wow, the church is so polarizing, politics are tearing us apart. I mean, because po politics are so moral nowadays, I think that it should sift people uh, like a part in terms of, you know, can't we just all love Jesus? That's why, why let's put politics. Yeah. Can we all love Jesus? Well, d I mean, let's understand what loving Jesus is. Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. So it's, it's a difference between, okay, it's not just about if I love Jesus, I love his commands and I obey his commands and obeying his commands means I'm standing for truth and I'm standing up uh, for righteousness. And that's obviously going to be polarizing. Moving on in the political landscape, we have a man named Elon Musk. If you don't know Elon, he is the owner of Tesla, the world's richest man and an internet troll in the best sense possible. He is... Um highly criticized Twitter over a long period of time about how Twitter censors people and censors free speech and um, bans accounts that they disagree with. And so Elon, in one of the uh, last five years, the biggest alpha move decides to buy Twitter. Imagine that. Yeah, I don't agree with your platform. I'm going to buy you. That's insane. <laughs> That's insane. So he bought Twitter and um, he just acquired it within the last few weeks, which is amazing. And he has been, man, he has been cleaning house here. Uh, he's like fired most of his executive staff. I think it was like the COO and the financial. And um, he has just stated that he plans on firing 50% of staff. He's now requiring remote staff to come in. Um, you know, honestly, this is like 
there's a whole narrative about Elon about how he's, you know, oh my gosh, he's so cruel and this and that. But I mean, at the end of the day, this is a businessman. And he said, there's something broken with this company. I'm going to fix it. And that's, I mean, he said he was going to do that. And that's what he's doing. You know, this, uh, the algorithm that seems to silence some voices and raise other voices. Uh, he's dedicated to doing that. You know, he just sent Tesla engineers this morning to uncover the Twitter algorithm. You know, he, cause, cause Twitter obviously has engineers and he goes, no, 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 I don't trust you guys. You guys are fired. I'm bringing in my engineers from my company to understand how the algorithm works and what we're censoring and how to not censor that. So, I mean, he said that he's going to, um, unban accounts that have been banned because free speech is that it is free speech, whether you like what somebody's saying or not. That's the beauty of our country in the United States of America, that if you if you can say whatever you want, and even if it's hate speech, that is free speech. Um, and what's uh, crazy about this is that um, there's just a whole group that, you know, hate Elon, a lot of celebrities, because if you're verified on social media, you get the blue check. Uh, Twitter was the first, you know, blue check place. And what happened is Elon basically said, okay, well, you're going to have to pay for that blue check now. Um, and because it seems like only some people are getting blue checks and some others weren't. And, you know, author Stephen King was like, no, Twitter should pay me to have a blue check. And if this is the case, I'm leaving. And Elon's like, all right, bro, see you later. Um, and it's just been crazy. The, 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 uh, the White House actually tweeted something and they got fact checked by Twitter. <laughs> like it's it's just incredible to see what's been going on. I mean, it has been a lot of drama, but at the end of the day, I mean, this is this is a pretty monumental thing that's going on in the protection of free speech and I'm about it. I'm about protecting free speech. I'm about unbiased opinions being able to be sent out there. That's the beauty. I mean, like we said that is free speech and we're going to get to um the final article of the day, which is Kyrie Irving. Now, if you don't know who Kyrie Irving is, he's a professional basketball player for the Nets. He's been, you know, he's he's an odd dude, to be honest. I mean, he's like a flat earther and um, he believes in a lot of weird stuff. I think he believes in, you know, aliens and outspoken. I don't know. That might be not true, but I know he is a flat earther. So he's been uh, controversial throughout his years in the NBA. There's been a lot of, you know, speculation as to like why he's so weird. He just says things. He was the guy that said, I'm not getting vaccinated. And so he was suspended from the NBA. He couldn't play in NBA games because he wasn't vaccinated, which I respect completely. Like, go you. So now he's under the heat because um, he tweeted out a link to a uh, book and movie called Hebrews 2, and that's the N-word. Wake up black America. So he is under a ton of fire right now because everybody's like, wait, that's anti-Semitic. That's that book is anti-Semitic. Uh, wow. You're you're uh, you hate Jews. Why would you do this? You hate Jewish people. You're racist. Why would you tweet that? Why would you promote this? So he's been under a lot of pressure and at a press conference, you know, he basically said, look, my name is Kyrie. I was literally researching stuff on the internet and apparently like it's another name for Yahweh. And so I looked it up and that's a book that popped up on Amazon. So I decided to buy it and I tweeted about it. And that's the, that's the extent of it. Now this book apparently is like conspiracy theories on, I think maybe how black people are the, the real Jewish people. I think, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't read the book obviously, but what's crazy is like, 
everybody's like, wow, you're promoting this book. First of all, he tweeted the book. He literally tweeted a picture of it. And that's not a promotion. And second of all, he never said anything anti-Semitic. Even if there are hint, uh, 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 like things that are said within this book that may point to that. Okay, number two, that's that's still a stretch. I mean, you can read a book and not un, like agree with everything that's it written in the book. I mean, there are some things that I recommend to people like, let's say, let's say theolo theological books, theology books, leadership books. I'll recommend them to people and I'll say, hey, just as a note, there's a chapter in here that talks about this. I don't really agree with that, right? So he, by tweeting this book, he's not endorsing it, okay? And then um, he also uh, retweeted something from Alex Jones, um, a controversial figure. But everybody at the press conference was like, you support Alex Jones. You support anti-Semitism. And he, Kyrie's like, dude, I don't support any of this. I post, I reposted an Alex Jones tweet that was like years ago because I agreed with what he said in that tweet. And I also just, you know, was reading the book. Now, could he have read the book entirely, had to make a more informed decision on whether he should prom like tweet it out? Yeah, sure. Okay. It's a learning lesson. But people are literally trying to cancel him. People are calling him an idiot. People are calling him a hater. People are calling him a racist. Like, dude, the world needs to relax, people. I mean, and even, okay, here's the crazy thing. He just got suspended from the NBA because of this. The NBA suspended him. That is not freedom. Here's freedom of speech. The right to express any opinions without censorship or restraint. So at the end of the day, even if Kyrie uh, agreed with this conspiracy theory, number one, nobody's even told me how this book is anti-Semitic. Nobody has. They just say it's anti-Semitic. How? Nobody can say, of course, because that's just the narrative. Uh, racism is racism, and I don't have to explain why, how it's racist. So that's number one. And then number two is this. Like, even if it was anti-Semitic, which obviously I don't agree with, but people have a right to say their views. And if he really thinks that, you know, black people are the real Jews, I mean, that's his right to say it. Like, I will die on free speech because, guys, when they can censor one thing, they can censor everything. That is what the beauty of free speech is. So we should be fighting for free speech. Kyrie Irving should not have apologized. He shouldn't have been suspended. Um, hopefully this isn't, you know, telling on things to come. I hope it's not. Um, but we can learn from this and understand like we should be standing for people's rights to say what they want to say. It may be hurtful. It may suck. But guess what? It's their right to say it. All right. So a lot's going on. You know, the flu, craziness, uh, church and politics, Elon Musk, Kyrie Irving, a lot of things going on. Um, I just like to give the little update for you guys, just in case you see something and you can be more educated on it. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, make sure that you are subscribing right now. Scroll down and leave a five-star review. Go follow me on Instagram. Send me a message. Uh, go follow my YouTube. Uh, there's a video version of all these things that always get posted on YouTube. So if you'd rather look, watch that, then go and subscribe there. I love you guys and I'll see you next time on The Future Is Now.